Welcome back, welcome back. In this episode, we're still discussing secure transactions, and we are going to be discussing attachment of non-traditional secure transactions. In other words, it does not matter the form of the transaction, it can still be a secure transaction. So there are certain types of forms that may arise that can still be seen as a security interest. These are going to be retention of title forms. Some leases are still secure transactions, whereas otherwise they would not be. Consignments are secure transactions and options. So these are all going to be things that we discuss about today. So let's go ahead and talk about, start off with discussing, uh, sorry, retention of title. Retention of title is also known as a conditional sell. A conditional sell is where party A transfers goods to party B, but then party A retains title of the goods until party B has fully paid for the goods. In this instance, or so it seems rather, party B, uh, uh, sorry, party B would be holding on to the goods and party A would still own the goods. But that's not so underneath Article 9. What Article 9 says is that Party B actually owns the goods and Party A has a security interest in those goods. The reason for that is because if you are clear up in the clouds, you're looking down, you see this transaction happen, what's it look like? Party B is getting sold something and Party A is retaining a security interest. So in this situation, Party A is going to be required to perfect the security interest if they want to protect their priority in those goods against any other creditors. So that's retention of title. Very simple. Uh, party A tries to retain a title after they sell goods to Party B, but that's not the case as far as secure transactions go. What actually happens is Party B takes ownership in Party A has a security interest in those goods. Okay, then the reason why some leases are listed on here is because a true lease does not have a security interest. So now the question is, is this going to be a true lease or not? This is going to be described in section 1203 of the UCC. To determine whether something is a true lease, the very, very simple test is to consider whether the seller or lesser is going to retain possessory rights after the lease expires. If the lesser gets the goods back at the end of the expiration, well, the agreement was a true lease. If the lesser doesn't get the goods back at the end of the expiration date, well, then this is a false lease. A good example of this is going to be when the lessee, so to speak, has a right to buy at the end of a lease. So you're renting a car, you're paying the payments month to month, at the end of the lease you can make one final payment and then that car is yours. This is a rent to purchase, rent to buy. If you don't need to exercise that option this is going to be a false lease and it is going to be a security interest instead. The legal test, as I mentioned, is going to be outlined in 1203. Okay, let's talk about consignments. 
To understand consignments, we're actually going to need to understand the terms bailment and entrustment. A bailment is where somebody agrees to hold goods for another person for any reason. A good example of this, pet sitting. You're watching the pets, you're holding on to the goods, doesn't matter the reason, you're pet sitting. You are trusted with those goods even though you do not own those goods. An entrustment is going to be a subcategory of a bailment where the merchant agrees to hold goods in their particular field for the entrustees. A good example of this is if you take a ring to a jeweler for resizing the ring. In that situation, the jeweler is a merchant who agrees to hold the goods of jewelry in their particular field. A consignment is a subcategory of an entrustment. So we've got bailment and then the subcategory of entrustment and the subcategory of entrustment is a consignment. This is where an individual takes an item to a merchant and the merchant is free to sell that item to another individual. At this point, the merchant would give the proceeds to the consigner and then retain the commission from the sale. Consignments can be dis- difficult to distinguish from a security interest. So Article 9 establishes rules to determine whether a consignment falls underneath its scope. False consignments fall underneath the scope of Article 9 by Section 9109A1. True consignments are defined in 9102A20, and they are going to be covered by 9109A4. 9109, just by the way, is the scope of Article 9. So consignments, false consignments may be covered by Article 9. True consignments are going to be covered by Article 9. And while true consignments that fall outside of Article 9, outside of that definition, those are going to fall outside the scope of Article 9. In other words, there are three main types of consignments. You've got false consignments, which is actually a security interest that looks like a consignment. You've got true consignments that are governed by Article 9, and then you have true consignments that are not covered by Article 9. This is going, these are going to be uh, consignments that don't fall in the definition of 9102820. Essentially, the ones that aren't going to fall in that definition are going to be low-value products or consumer goods. Uh, those are going to be ones outside the scope of Article 9. Okay, finally, we have options. An option, for example, is if party A sells an item to party B, and party A is then obligated to buy back the item at some future time. If that's the situation, the security interest arises in that item. And this is because if we're looking up at the top, looking down, party if party A fails to buy back the item, well, then party B just needs to keep that item as a security interest. Really straightforward, that's an option. Okay, it just looks like a security interest even though it doesn't have like that standard security interest agreement language. So those are what we talked about, retention of title, some leases, some consignments I I guess I should add, and then options could be governed by Article 9. Bye.
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro. And you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials, and the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice, and with that, the fourth thing is if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.